0: What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. i And I know it's been a minute since I sat down and gave you guys non live stream thoughtful type content. But today, I am bringing that straight to your feed. We just had a massive, massive event wrap up this weekend. We had the NFL combine. Now if you guys have been around the channel for a while. I almost treat every fantasy football season as like a new season of a show. So I try and make big improvements from pretty much Super Bowl to the NFL Combine. And that's why we have a new light here. We have a new green light behind me. We have a new profile picture down below. I have also been getting absolutely freaky in these Google Sheets. You guys know I'm a freak in the Sheets. You guys know I am 50 shades of gray, homeless guy in an alleyway next to a rat. Disgusting in these Google Sheets. We have new... RS grades for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. I tweaked all of these models in Google Sheets. We built a tight end prospect model. We also were working all morning to update the 2023 draft class with the new combine data. And that's all on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. I went through every single one of the prospects that are in my database. I updated all of the combine numbers and that is all live on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. That'll be down below in the description, down below in the comments and what I'm bringing you guys today is after all of that looking through all of the numbers i'm going to give you guys an absolute classic from the season we're going to go through my top 10 fantasy football lessons learned nfl combine edition so with all that being said we're going to go through my top 10 observations lessons learned winners and losers all of that good stuff just 10 core themes to take away from the combine as always if you enjoy make sure you're down below subscribe leave a like let's go So I just realized we have new light, new light, new profile picture, but I forgot to upgrade the intro and outro. So we're still rocking with the old intro and outros. That wasn't even on my mind. I actually completely forgot about the intro and outro. So I'm gonna have to hit somebody up. If you're out there and you can do graphic design and stuff, or you can do whatever you want to call that. I don't know, like editing with doing that. If you can do that, I have a business email down below in the description. Let me know. If not, that'll be the next thing that gets improved here. But let's talk top 10 takeaways. Now, our first takeaway isn't really a takeaway or lesson learned, but I want to set some ground rules here because I don't think the way to treat the combine is to sort by 40-yard dash time or relative athletic score and say, these guys stood out. These guys didn't stand out. The issue is that when we're playing dynasty, we have quarterbacks, tight ends, running backs, wide receivers and athleticism and the combine numbers matter to a different degree for each position. So a massive combine for a tight end matters a lot more than a massive combine for a wide receiver. So first up, I wanted to show you guys percentages of athleticism that I put into my models. So again, I have prospect models. I call them the RS grade models. It's all I really have in terms of like creative names for them. Just RS stands for Ron Stewart. um, And pretty much it's a grade out of 10 for each player. Now, for every single one of them, there's a certain amount of inputs in terms of production, draft capital. So, I pretty much isolated how much of the model is accounting for athleticism, things that we test for at the combine. Tight ends have 28% of their RS grade coming from athleticism, which is speed score, agility score, and RAS. We'll get into what RAS is in a bit. 17.5% for running backs, so speed score, RAS. 13.5% of the grade for quarterbacks is hand size and RAS. Hand size isn't really athleticism, but... It does actually matter a little bit for quarterbacks. Wide receivers, 7% input, RAS. So as you guys can see, athleticism matters a ton for tight ends. It matters a pretty good amount for running backs. It matters a decent bit for quarterbacks and not a ton for wide receivers. So when we're talking about athleticism, first and foremost, we're looking through the lens of the position. And then we're also looking at it as a driver of draft capital. It's not so much this guy is fast, he's going to be better because of it it is, he is athletic, so he's going to be getting drafted higher, right? When it comes down to football and just draft capital in general, the athletic players get drafted highly. Now, sometimes it's not for the right uh, reason, right? We saw a guy like Henry Ruggs, you know, just absolutely lit the combine on fire and four twos, he gets drafted high, he gets drafted ahead of Justin Jefferson, T Higgins, CeeDee Lamb, all of those guys. So what we really want to narrow down on is, it's not so much Did he blaze the combine and now he's going to be a freak in the NFL because of it? It's, did he do enough at the combine to increase his draft capital from what we thought player X was going a few days ago? Now that sounds a little bit confusing here. We're going to dive into some examples in a second, a little bit more on ground rules here is my prospect model. I just want to lay down kind of what it is. I don't just want to talk about my model and just like expect you guys to know what I'm talking about, but in the very simple way of putting it, my model spits out grades and based on the grades you get put into a prospect tier. We have legendary, which is your like generational Trevor Lawrence, Bijan Robinson types, elite, just rock solid guys. Gold are about coin flips to do well in the NFL. Silver are kind of your diamonds in the rough. And then bronze is just your, you know, bottom of the barrel prospects. Now let's actually get to the players who performed over the weekend. Then first up, we have the man of the hour, Anthony Richardson. And I really want to talk about Anthony Richardson first. He's like probably the most polarizing player in Dynasty right now Just the most polarizing player across the sport And he murdered the combine, right? He has a 10 RAS which is relative athletic score. By the way, RAS is pretty much a really nice way to just Take into account an all-encompassing stat of you know, your size your speed your explosiveness your agility And it just gives you a composite score out of 10 and Anthony Richardson got a 10 out of 10 when it comes to RAS now it does say you right it is unofficial like we don't have the 20 yard split yet but it's probably gonna be a 10 just about on the dot and he killed it right he's 6'4 244 pounds 4'4 speed 40.5 inch vertical now I know you guys are gonna say Ron this is all great right He can run a 4'4 he has a 40 inch vertical but what has that ever had to do with being a great quarterback right Tom Brady doesn't put up these numbers Pat Mahomes ran like a 4'8 in the 40. So athleticism doesn't really equate to being a great quarterback. And I think that that's a fine question to ask, but I think these are the two reasons that I really care about Anthony Richardson doing this. Again, I've seen people sort of dismiss it and just say, why would this ever matter at quarterback? Well, first of all, rushing upside stems from athleticism, right? This is a guy who runs a ton in college, Anthony Richardson. And the fact that he actually has four, four burners and crazy burst means that he's not going to get to the NFL. Like a guy, like, I want to say Johnny Manziel is one of those guys, Baker, where they come into the league, they rush a ton in college, and then it doesn't translate because everyone is more athletic than them. Anthony Richardson is going to be one of the most athletic people on the field day one, so that is huge, right? He kind of gives you like Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields vibes, where he's this big. Again, we've seen quarterbacks sort of, or actually, I'm trying to think, is he six four? It's impossible to read these things. Six oh four two. I think he's six four. I'm going to say he's six four. He's not six foot flat, um, but regardless. You get Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields vibes. He has a big, big frame where we've seen Lamar Jackson, Kyler get hurt. We have a lot of uh, concerns with these mobile quarterbacks of getting injured. Anthony Richardson being so big, that's at least a plus for him in that department. Again, crazy upside in the rushing department and then also some you know durability there with being so big. But even if you scoff at the idea of that acquitting to his like upside or anything like that, the biggest takeaway is what we, we, what we were talking about earlier. and We're going to ham, hammer this home This entire video sadly and it's that again we don't really need Anthony Richardson to be this kind of athlete but at least this athleticism that he showed at the combine is going to get him drafted higher and it's going to solidify him at the top because after the combine everyone has been talking about Anthony Richardson and this is why it is so important that he did well at the combine because His ADP was on an absolute slant down, as you guys can see. And then right about October, December, it started going back up. And it started hovering in like that 10, 11 area. And I think now, after apparently he was amazing in interviews, he was pretty good on the, uh, like just the throwing drills. He was amazing in the 40, the, the vertical, all that stuff. So I think he goes from a guy that had a pretty wide range of second round could go top five but could also fall outside the top 50 picks to a more narrow range here where he could still go late first but it would be absolutely stunning if he goes outside of the top you know first round and I think it makes him going in the top five to ten all that much more likely because he did well at the combine so that's my biggest takeaway with Anthony Richardson is I think him really putting on a show at the combine really limits the chance that he is Malik Willis where we just look up on draft and he's drafted in round three it would be absolutely shocking to me if he made it outside of the top 15 picks and again that matters because if he goes top 12 he will qualify in my database as an elite konami qb which puts him in a category of this list of running backs right these are all of the elite konami code qbs that are in my database since 2007 and it is just an absolute crazy list of names now mariota is an amazing robert griffin is an amazing but you still have really high high with those or high highs with those guys opportunities to sell early when they give you like a top 12 quarterback season early on there's a lot of points in his profile to get out if things go wrong i think the upside is going to be huge again this is a crazy list of names even the guys i mean fields and lance haven't been great as of lately neither of them have fell below like a fourth round startup value since their rookie drafts of course you have lamar allen watson mahomes just a bunch of of crazy, you know, versions of what his upside could be. So again, him dominating the combine gives him a better chance to get that top 12 draft capital that we need for him to get to Elite Konami. And then that should be why we are excited about him. Now, our next takeaway is Keyshawn Boutte. Keyshawn Boutte absolutely bombed the combine. And it matters a ton for him because he hasn't produced since his freshman year. And he was only high on draft boards because of his freshman year and being a five-star recruit. His name has pedigree, Kayshawn Boutte. And when you're a five-star recruit, you usually test amazing, right? B. John Robinson was a five-star recruit. He tested really well in this draft class. If you look back, even to a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was a five-star recruit coming out, he had a massive combine. I think Henry Ruggs was also a five-star recruit. So you can say five stars don't really matter a ton, but... Generally speaking, the five-star recruits coming out of high school are the athletic guys. And that is what we were sort of looking at with Kayshaun Boutte, right? GMs were going to like Kayshaun Butte because, again, the pedigree, him producing as a freshman on LSU, which is like a big-name school for wide receivers recently, and then also lighting the combine on fire because of him being a five-star. And he comes out and he comes in light at 195 pounds. He has a poor size grade here. He has a good speed grade, just four or five. He has a poor explosion grade where he has just a 29-inch vertical. That is really tough. I'm not saying that I'm going to go out there and put up something better than 29 inches, but 29 inches for a guy who's like supposed to be athletic. I think he was saying four threes, too. There was an interview. Uh, Shout out Cody Carpentier He was down there. Uh, absolutely killing it at the combine he asked him a, or somebody asked him a question like what you're going to run he said four three comes out runs a four five doesn't jump well his agility is okay i would call that shuttle time and that gives you a 4.73 ras of the notable wide receivers in this class that is pretty much the lowest ras of the entire class so you have a spot here where keshan Boutte needed to ball out he doesn't and the reason it matters is again I thought this doesn't matter the least amount for wide receivers, but I believe it matters a ton here for Kayshawn Boutte because a bad combine takes him from a second round pick. Like there was a lot of buzz. That he was going to go in the second round, maybe third round To I think he's probably going to fall to day three and kind of be in that like Seth Williams, Tyler Johnson, equanimous St. Brown bucket, where this is a guy that we all loved pre combine pre draft. He was a big Debbie guy. And then push comes to shove. Draft day comes around and he doesn't hear his name called until day three and he just absolutely falls down draft boards. He also, one of the red flags, Dane Brugler, you can say whatever you want about him. He's one of the bigger talking heads in the NFL draft space. He left Keishon Boutte out of his top 100 a couple weeks ago before even getting those measurements. So I think he's going to be very low on a lot of teams boards. I think that him doing super poorly at the combine means that we're going to see him slip to day three, no longer a day two guy, so that is a massive, massive input here. If him failing the combine is going to shift his draft capital that much. Now, our next takeaway is Jordan Addison. Let's talk about Jordan Addison is what I wrote down here because there was a lot of chatter on Twitter. And that's sort of where I got like my consensus on sort of what the dynasty community felt about these players. There was a lot of talk about Jordan Addison, right? He didn't test well. He comes out here, gives you a 5.82 RAS score. He didn't run all that fast. I think he ran like in the four fours, which is honestly fine, but he's 173 pounds. People wanted more than that. Not much change for me because again, four wide receivers. We're going to kind of go like wide receivers. We're going to go like kind of position by position after. Well, we talked about quarterbacks. We'll go wide receivers, running backs, tight ends here. And with Jordan Addison, he, I, I inputted his RAS grade. I should probably take this graphic off the screen. I inputted his, RS, or his RAS into my uh, database. And he still comes out as an elite wide receiver prospect. He is still absolutely fine. There is plenty of first-round wide receivers that look – or not exactly like Jordan Addison, but had similar concerns, right? These are all first-round wide receivers from 2021 to 2007, uh, including including Jordan Addison, so you could see him there. But I filtered it so they had uh, one either way in RAS. So he has a 5.82 RAS. I went up to 6.82 and then down to 4.82. And then also anybody that weighed – under 200 pounds or like didn't test and you kind of get a list here of guys who were undersized or didn't test really well and it's not a bad list at all jordan addison the prospect to me isn't somebody that's going to be a top five wide receiver in dynasty or in the nfl and give you 20 point per game seasons but i think in terms of being a calvin ridley uh jerry judy like smooth operator type of guy that can give you like multiple top 24 seasons I think that's very much in play for him. I think he looks a lot like a Devonta Smith. I think he looks a lot like a Marquise Brown as well. I think Marquise Brown is a very, very good comp for him, uh, even though I think that he's a little bit taller than Marquise Brown. Uh, just something like that where he's you know undersized, good prospect, probably gets slept on more than he should be. But I like Addison. The public spooked on him because he didn't run like a 4-3. I'm not really sure what that's all about. If it comes down to it, and he is still drafted in the first round by NFL teams, that signals to us that they don't care a ton about him being 173 pounds, which means we shouldn't care all that much. So with Jordan Addison, it seems like the public is a lot lower on him after that combine. To me, again, if he's still a first round pick, nothing has really changed in my evaluation for Jordan Addison. Now, especially as like a mid to late rookie first, I have no problem spending that on Jordan Addison. Uh, After that, Let's talk about which wide receivers boosted their stocks. I, I talked through Boutte, who definitely bombed his stock. We have Addison, who I think consensus-wise, he didn't have a good combine. But to me, I thought it was fine. Again, wide receiver, only like 7% of my inputs are athleticism. It doesn't really matter a ton for them. Uh, but what wide receivers boosted their stock? Now, wide receiver doesn't necessarily... Uh, m- like Athleticism doesn't matter a ton for wide receiver, and it's overrated. But again... Better RAS will get you better draft capital. And then also my model, if you have a strong profile and you're athletic, you get bumped up a tier. So guys like Odell Beckham was one. Justin Jefferson was one where these are strong prospects. And then they also had amazing RAS scores. So they got bumped up another tier. So I showed here the leaders in RAS in this wide receiver group. And I, I squared in green the guys who probably boosted their draft capital. And I squared in purple the guys who are already strong profiles who now get bumped up a tier in my model. Now let's talk about the guys who are squared in green first. We have uh, Andre Iasovas. I I really can't pronounce the name, but he's from Princeton. Uh, And I had him projected as a fifth rounder, but I think he tested his way into like that third, fourth round area where guys love those like small school, like crazy athletes. I mean, he is 6'3", 205 pounds, runs a 4'4", 39 inch vertical, great agility times. He looks like DJ Chark, which is exciting. Uh, but he also kind of looks like if DJ Chark was Andy Isabella, if that makes sense. I have a hard time getting super interested in those guys from like Princeton, UMass, like like really, really small schools. I know Ivy and UMass isn't the same thing, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, regardless, he's somebody that I think was probably going to be like a, a, a pretty much a lock to go day three to probably test his way into the back end of day two if I had to guess. Uh, and then I also had... Uh, Rashi Rice, Cedric Tillman, A.T. Perry, and Marvin Mims projected as third rounders in my database, I think probably two of those guys, like two of the four of those guys probably end up as second rounders, which is exciting because they all tested really well, right? You see Rashi Rice, Cedric Tillman both had like 9.5, 9.6, A.T. Perry had 9.2, Marvin Mims 9.14. Uh, they all tested extremely well, and I think that's going to help their draft capital, and kind of nudge them forward a little bit. Which matters. Now, the guy that really sticks out to me is Marvin Mims. He flashed a ton. Uh, when we look at how he tested here and we compare him side by side with Emmanuel Sanders, they look pretty damn similar. He has 4-3 speed, 510, 183 pounds, 39 and a half inch vertical. He didn't do the shuttle. Uh Emmanuel Sanders is probably better in like uh, you know, the agility drills, like the short area quickness stuff, but it's a decent comp. He flashes a freshman, Marvin Mims. He's an early declarer. I think he's a fine recruit, probably like a four-star, five-star guy. Uh, He looks solid. In my database, he's silver right now. If he moves up to a second-round pick because of his big combine day, he becomes a gold and somebody that I'll be heavily targeting in like that mid-to-late second round of rookie drafts. Now, we move over to our squared and purple profiles, right? So these are guys who were already pretty strong prospects, right? Jalen Hyatt, JSN consensus first rounders but then they also stacked on top of that really nice ras grades and when we look at jsn he blew me away i wasn't expecting this i was told all along that he wasn't that fast he wasn't a great athlete but his short area quickness is insane those shuttle times those three cone times it's hard to sort of give you guys perspective on how elite those those numbers are but they're really strong right he has just an okay size grade and a good explosion grade and he still has a nine point three nine RAS So he absolutely smashed the agility stuff, which is really great in this particular case, right? Because if like, I don't know, if like Quentin Johnson had like an elite agility score, it would be good, but it wouldn't necessarily be as good as it is for JSN who operates out of the slot, you know, is running those whip routes, those, you know, like quick, you know, inside of a phone booth, phone booth type moves out of the slot. It just really sort of validates the idea a lot of guys out there think that jsn is like this blue chip no doubt or wide receiver one in the class i wasn't quite there but this makes me much more okay with the idea of him being can't miss because he is a special short area athlete which is really solid for you know his archetype of being a slot wide receiver if you can excel in that spot he can give you you know somewhere between like amon ross St. brown and cooper cup at the absolute high end of his ceiling and that is really really exciting and also, I know that he did the uh, wide receiver drills where they were doing routes and all that. Coaches, GMs had raving reviews for him. It wouldn't shock me at all if JSN was not only like the first wide receiver drafted, but like snuck into the top 10. I think he did that much to improve his stock during the combine. So that is really, really exciting for JSN. And then you also have Jalen Hyatt here. And I know that people don't really love Jalen Hyatt. And I have to be honest with you guys. I don't really love him either. But my model absolutely loves him. This is a guy you have to remember jalen hyatt producer in the sec he didn't produce early but i don't like i think breakout age is pretty uh overrated like it's not even an input in my model i don't really love breakout age and i think it's kind of the reason why we've whiffed on guys like jalen rager like the dynasty community is that we've just fixated oh he broke out when he was 18 he's going to be good he had a decent combine whatever jalen hyatt producing the sec in his final year he'll be an early declare he'll be a first round pick lock lance zierlein absolutely loves him and he ran a 4-4 and has elite athleticism. So that is a lot to be really excited about with his profile. He looks like like if Jamison Williams had a better profile, right? If he had, a, or I guess if he tested or had a little bit of a better profile. But Jalen Hyatt looks pretty damn good on paper, man. Um, now, he's interesting because he's like Addison, where I think 4-4 was so far below his expectation of a 40 that a lot of people out there saw Jalen Hyatt run a 4-4. They're expecting like low four threes, high four twos, and they're like, that's not great. Even with a poor size grade, 176 pounds is really, really tough for a wide receiver. He still had a 40-inch vertical, ran a 4.4 and has a 9.46 RAS. so he does hit my multiplier. He looks really good. Now, this isn't something I'm going to be chasing at the top of rookie drafts, no sir. But I believe he's probably like a what, like a mid to second or a, a mid to late second round rookie pick right now. I would probably be down to take him at like the one two turn again, early declare. I don't think that his ceiling is anything crazy, but he kind of looks like a limited, like deep threat, one trick pony type of guy, sort of like a Will Fuller, sort of like a Jameson Williams, sort of like a DJ Chark when he was good. And that's interesting to me. I think at the at the one two turn, I think a wide receiver like that gets first round draft capital is somebody that we should be wanting to draft in our leagues. And I also want to hammer it home one more time. Four four was slower than we wanted for Jalen Hyatt. But as you can see here, he is still a very, very good athlete. You can watch the game against Alabama. I think he had like five touchdowns in the same game against Alabama. Jalen Hyatt is pretty damn good. I know a lot of nerds out there don't really like him. I'm interested. I think that he'll probably end up as like my wide receiver five, six, somewhere in that area. Uh, Our sixth takeaway, Zach Evans shrink gray. That's what I wrote down for this because I had Zach Evans like height, weight in my database is like somewhere around like six foot, 215, like I was hearing anywhere from like six foot to like 5'10, 220, 225. This is what it comes up if you Google his height and weight. He comes out to the combine. He was supposed to be six foot 216, and he comes out here and he is 71 inches, which is 5'11, 202 pounds. So he comes in an inch shorter than we thought, pretty much 15 pounds lighter than we thought. And he doesn't run a 40. He doesn't test anything. He comes in, gives you terrible size. As you can see here, this is sorted by the lightest BMI. He has a he has a lower BMI than Devin A. Chain and Jameer Gibbs. Two guys that are seen as like satellite backs in this class. Zach Evans has that type of size right now. And he's not a satellite back. He didn't catch a ton of passes in college. He was seen as like a lot of guys really liked him. I know guys that I really trust and really respect have him or had him as like their RB2 this changes everything like I know it's like oh he, he okay he weighed 202 pounds that's pretty small for a non you know he can catch passes but that's not his calling card he's not Gibbs he's not a chain he's not you know Mitchell's that guy I think McIntosh catches passes too all the guys on this list catch passes Zach Evans of course catches passes but it's not his calling card right his calling card coming out or the guys that liked him at RB2 was that he'd have this like NFL running back bell cow size and you know could give you a sustainable workload and be good in the nfl he's super efficient he breaks off long runs i still think that's all in his range of outcomes but when you're that small it kind of it kind of shrinks your range of outcomes where it goes from you know like your 220 grinders like guys who are good uh you know like ezekiel elliott's of the world joe mixon's of the world and it kind of brings you to like ronald jones area of being like a you know explosive like just over 200 pound type guy it's weird. I I haven't really listened to his comps. He's going to get his pro day. Maybe he comes in like five pounds heavier. He runs a great 40 and like, we're all like, okay, who cares? He's 209 pounds, runs a four, four. That's pretty much fine. But this was concerning. Now we also have the rest of the running back class, which also took a little bit of a hit. Um, I called the running back class, like sort of quiet quitters. Like you do love to see the wide receivers. They all sort of tested like Jordan Addison ran, he weighed himself. Like they all tested the running backs. I mean, the the running backs just decided not to test at all, or, or like half of them, right? Sean Tucker didn't test. Eric Gray didn't test. Israel Abinaconda didn't test. Dwayne McBride, Kendra Miller, Ty J. Spears. Now, Ty J. Spears, I'll give him credit. He uh, did the explosion drills and stuff, but he didn't do the 40. They all showed up to the combine. None of them ran 40s. And in a class with like legit 10 plus names you could see going day two, again, draft capital matters, right? Athleticism driving the draft capital matters a ton, right? If we look here, Draft capital really matters for running backs. This is the points per game that the average running back in each of these rounds selected scores in their first three years. 13 points per game in round one, 9.4 points per game in two, 9.1 points per game in round three, and that drops off from 9.1 to 5.6 when you get to round four. So showing athleticism to get drafted in day two is massive, and these running backs not testing puts them at a disadvantage to the other guys that ran at the Combine so we'll get more you know clarity when pro days come but just a lot less buzz than we want to here again i think sp- like spears did well in the explosion drills we just would have liked to see more participation across the board from these running backs again it's like a business decision you know it's up to them I-, I get that they probably have other motives for why they didn't test but selfishly for dynasty and just you know teams drafting running backs high in general which is something that's sort of becoming extinct we would have liked to see them test because you know of those you know eight names maybe two or three of them kind of light things on fire and really move their name up the board now let's kind of switch gears to running backs that did well at the combine that i think kind of improved their stock and the first name that i want to say is chase brown now shout out to uh bush over at fantasy stock exchange we've done some streams with them and he's been all over chase brown now chase brown pops a little bit in my model but not a ton but he absolutely murdered the combine absolutely murdered the combine he comes out here Gives you a 9.64 RAS grade. Actually, this is the, the picture I wanted. Chase Brown next to Aaron Jones. Chase Brown gives you a 9.64 RAS score. I keep saying grade. I think it's score. RAS score. I don't think it really matters. But gives you a 9.64 RAS, which is elite as we know. And he looks just like Aaron Jones. They're both, you know, like 5'9", just under 2'10". Both run in the 4'4s. Four both explosive. But you could say Chase Brown, actually, he jumps higher and runs faster Uh, Would have liked to see Chase Brown do the agility stuff. None of the running backs really did. I think we'll see some agility scores uh, once pro days happen. So that'll be interesting. We'll get a little bit more data. But he looks good. He's one of these under-the-radar prospects. He had 27 catches, 240 yards, and three touchdowns through the air in his final season. 1,600 rushing yards at Illinois. And he's a fun name where he goes from a guy that was probably going to get drafted like fourth, fifth round. It wouldn't shock me at all if this pro day kind of pushed him into the, the back, back end of day two and is like a, a late third round pick. We'll see. I'm I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying what he did at the combine makes it that much more likely. Because again, you have this huge tier of like 10 running backs from like Chase Brown, Dwayne McBride, all the way through, you know, Sean Tucker, Tank Bigsby. And doing well at the combine is kind of what gets you separated from that massive, massive tier. And I think Chase Brown did enough. Now, we'll also talk about the uh, other running backs who won the combine here. And we'll just kind of jumble it in with this uh, takeaway. You had, a few clear winners at the or clear winners at the combine uh at running back and i sort of just took out the guys who had either a 100 plus speed score or like a really good RAS, and these are the guys that i think uh you know either did well or did really well at the combine and first we'll talk about jameer gibbs jameer gibbs comes out here he comes in a little bit light like 199 pounds which isn't amazing but at least the four three six that he ran shows that he has legit burners right like that you can start making comps to jamal charles you can start making comps to cj spiller who by the way cj spiller wasn't great in the nfl like reggie bush wasn't either but you could also make the case that back then they didn't pass the ball to running backs at all and if those guys came out today we would actually be really really excited about them so i think he kind of has something in that area like a javid best who by the way before concussions was an absolute monster in the nfl so he has a lot of like really interesting comps where he has this long speed like game breaking speed and he also catches a ton of passes now is he ever going to get like three into touches and be amazing uh on volume no but could be ultra ultra efficient in the mold of an Aaron Jones Alvin Kamara again I'm not comping him to Alvin Kamara I know a lot of guys get you know a ton of flack for comping him to Alvin Kamara because Kamara is way heavier play style all of that no but in terms of role of catching passes uh taking high value touches and being really efficient on those touches I think Gibbs can fit that role now we have Bijan Robinson, who of course 9.81 RAS, 44640, which is crazy. He comes in with great size, speed score looks great. Bijan is Bijan; he is no doubt our 101. Any analyst out there that's telling you otherwise, you should probably question uh, their process. Then you have Charbonnet, who I wasn't that high on coming in. I thought that he was kind of like this plotting running back, but 9.68 uh, RAS is really, really solid. Uh, I don't think that he ran super well, right? He ran a 45, which is fine, but he's like 215 pounds. I think where he really popped was explosion, which is nice, right? It kind of gives him like sort of like a lighter Javante type vibe, where I think Javante was really, really explosive in that way, uh, but didn't run like super fast in a straight line. And then you have Evan Hole, who I think is kind of like the budget version of Chase Brown, where he was probably more getting like UDFA, like sixth, seventh round buzz. I think now he's climbing up to like, you know, fourth, fifth round area. Uh, Evan Hole, really, really interesting. He ran a 4 4 9-plus RAS, really nice speed score, caught a ton of passes at Northwestern. Uh, I know Noah Hill's over on BDG's uh, BDGE's channel, absolutely loves Evan Hall. Evan Hall will be a guy that I'll be scooping up super late in rookie drafts. Now, moving on from running backs, we have some tight ends. Our ninth takeaway here is Darnell Washington is an absolute freak, man. Absolute freak. This is his RAS next to Rob Gronkowski. They're both 6'6". He is just heavier than Gronk. Yeah, he ran a faster 40 at 4.65. Gronk ran a 4.68. Vertical 31 inches. Gronk ran uh, jumped a little bit higher, but Darnell Washington had a better broad jump at 10 feet. They're both very, very similar. Now, I'm not saying Darnell Washington is going to be Rob Gronkowski, but I just want to show you guys the kind of athlete we're dealing here. Again, tight end. Remember that first picture we showed? 28% of my model is athleticism for tight ends. So, athleticism really, really matters for tight ends. Now, the first drawback with Washington is going to be he didn't produce a ton and he blocked a lot. And I've seen this take go around on Twitter and it's honestly right. Uh, after sort of diving into tight ends, it's really draft capital. It's athleticism. And then it's production. A lot of guys, you know, looking at like receiving yards for team pass attempt, receiving yard market share, throwing it up there being like Darnell Washington did nothing. Well, you can look at Kittles. You can look at Kelsey's. They also sort of did nothing in college. Uh, tight ends are really tricky position to to scout. And you kind of just want to, you know, hit your wagon to the biggest upside bet possible. And I think that is Darnell Washington and first of all he didn't produce he was next to Brock Bowers and like another tight end and just like a really crowded Georgia room where it's tough to you know get your touches in and then also he blocks a ton now I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing has it taken away from guys like Kittle's upside in the past yes but we have still seen elite assets at tight end like George Kittle like Rob Gronkowski who are all world blockers in the run game still give you elite tight end production so it's not really all that important to me I think if anything that'll get him on the field faster it'll get him in two tight end sets and then from there if they just shoehorn him into a run blocker role that's where it becomes a problem now I think something to hang your hat on with Darnell Washington is again the athleticism which we really care about which that athleticism probably took him from a top 50 pick to a lock to be in the late first round which is huge and I think something you really could hang your hat on with him is his yards per reception now it sounds weird because like yards per reception is like one of the most I would call like casual stats out there, right? Like you can just go on ESPN and see a guy's yards per reception. But I found for tight ends that yards per reception really, really matters. Cause we, tight ends are never going to get outside of, you know, your rare like Zach Ertz, like possession type guys. Very rarely can guys just go out there and give you like a PPR season where it's like a hundred catches, a thousand yards and like five touchdowns and you get a bunch of production. The way you're going to usually do it with tight ends is that either either Mark Andrews where they have a really high A dot and that gives you a lot of per target efficiency, or they're like Kittle, where Kittle has crazy yards out to the catch and he's giving you a lot of per target efficiency that way. So that sort of boils down a dot yards out to catch into yards per reception, because I don't have, you know, A dot and yards out to catch isn't really possible past like 2014. But if you look at yards per reception, Darnell really, really pops. At the end of the day, we want big play tight ends so they give you the most amount of production per target. And when you look at Darnell Washington, his yards per reception on a Georgia team at his size, at like 6'6", 270 pounds, he is out here making big plays. I just sort of pulled out like a bunch of like big-name tight ends, uh, the the other like big-name tight ends in the 2023 class, Cole Komet, Mike Gosecki. and you can see Mike Gosecki is an athletic freak, but his yards perception was 11.5. And I think that that's kind of like a red flag where it's like, he's super athletic, but he doesn't really show that on the field, right? He's not giving you massive, massive splash plays. He's not making people miss after the catch. He's just running fast in shorts and then playing like Cole Komet between the lines. But when we look at Darnell Washington, that's not the case. His 17.2 yards per reception is absolutely wild. Waller had 19. Dolchitz had 17.6. You're also looking at like Gronk was at 16. Mark Andrews, 15.8. And you can see, you know, Waller and Joku, Gronk, Andrews, Kittle, even Pitts, Kelsey. And then there's a drop off. Once you get to like that 13 range, that 11 range, you get less upside. Now, of course, Darnell Washington could be a swing and a miss, but I think it is a really, really nice add on his profile that on a per reception basis, he's making big plays. He's playing at his size and his crazy athleticism. So this is somebody that I want to be, you know, moving mount or not moving mountains for because he's gonna be cheap. But this is somebody I want to be targeting in rookie drafts because the upside is so crazy. I think people are going to overlook him for the mayors, for the Kincaids, and I'll sit back by my time, and I'll be taking this absolute freak of a man who averaged 17.2 yards per reception as a 6'6", 265-pound man. Uh, After that, our last takeaway is just that not only Darnell Washington, but this tight end class across the board is pretty crazy, even if you're not looking at Darnell Washington. If we just look down the board here of the tight ends in this class, literally Braden Willis, like that is the list of RAS scores um from the combine outside of Braden Willis everybody crushed and was in the green eight plus like I'm usually looking for like uh Mark Andrews was like a 7.4 uh RAS guy you're pretty much just want something to be above that you want a decent 40 and these guys all killed it and you're looking at this you know you have Dalton Kincaid Darnell Washington Musgrave where they could go like first round second round you have Mayer who's pretty much a first round lock but then you even have guys like Laporta and Schoenmaker. And you look at this list of Zach Kuntz, Luke Musgrave, Darnell Washington, Luke Schoenmaker, Tucker Kraft, Sam Laporta. These guys all have a 9.26 RAS grade or RAS score and higher. We are getting a massive influx of tight end talent where these guys are all athletes Right now, again, we have like four tight ends in the mix to go first round. We have two more in the mix to go second or third round. We have guys who aren't in that mix like Zach Kuntz here that could get vaulted into the third round. We're about to get a massive influx of tight end talent here when the league needs it the most. Now, Michael Mayer didn't absolutely crush the combine, but he's the last guy I want to touch on here. He put a solid RAS score up. Like uh, Again, like 8.2 isn't anything crazy. But when you put him next to Mark Andrews, like he kind of looks like Mark Andrews. He kind of looks like TJ Hawkinson, which is fine, right? Uh, He's going to be a guy that has a high floor, will probably be fine in fantasy. And that's good for this class to get a tight end like this. He ran a 4.7, which is probably just fast enough. Uh, Right, we see here Mark Andrews ran a 4.67 at 256 pounds. Mayor ran a 4.7 flat at 249. So a little bit less athletic than that. But again, 8.2 R.E.S. is just enough to be like... He's not this like plodding, boring tight end. He looks fine now we'll be i'll be curious to see his agility drills here uh, agility score is a massive massive input in the tight end model but nobody did the agility drill so i'm hoping people do that at the pro day we'll see but all in all i'll be honest with you guys i was waiting on this class a little bit because the running backs were supposed to be you know the the top of this class we were supposed to see another 2017 where we we're supposed to have like a Kamara, a McCaffrey a Fournette a Dalvin Cook and all we really got is Bijan and I guess you could put Gibbs in there and I guess if you want you could put Sharp in there but it's not the same it's probably it's much closer to like for me it's much closer to the the previous like couple years uh running back classes outside of Bijan at the very top right legendary running backs are very very rare um But this is a class you should be be really excited about, right? Not so much the running backs after Bijan, but you have Bijan at 101, who is holding a, you know, like a one-two turn startup value uh, as the 101. And the early first has three great quarterback uh, prospects and Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. You have Gibbs, who has a ton of upside as a running back. I think Quentin Johnston, Jackson Smith and the Jigba, uh, Jordan Addison, All really solid wide receivers. So you you have like a spot here where like through like to me, like Jordan Addison, JSN, and QJ uh are all in the same, like if not better than last year's like Drake London, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson. And instead of having to pick those guys at like last year, what you're picking those guys at like 102 to 104-ish, 102 to 105. This year you're probably taking those guys more like 105 to 107 area. You know what I mean? So we're getting a lot of juice on top with the quarterbacks quarterbacks are like the they dominate the first round of startups and we're getting swing at like three minimum of guys that could go top 10 you can even throw will levis in there so you have a lot to like here you have a ton of depth you have like these four tight ends you have these running backs that are going to go uh in like the second round the third round of rookie drafts are going to be uh really nice like lottery tickets on your bench you even have guys in like the, the the early second that i like like hyatt uh downs you have zay flowers there's a lot to like with this class, to be honest with you. I was souring ever so slightly, and I'm trying not to be a prisoner of the moment, but I think after this combine, we should be pretty excited if we're holding on to these rookie firsts in 2023. Now, that is going to do it for me today. 41 minutes, geez. Um, I do kind of like these videos uh, where I just get to you know ramble on the mic for a while. I will, I will say a little bit rusty, so I think I misspoke a good amount of times. Happens to the best of us. I wanted to hop on here, give you guys just my thoughts and how, you know, what happened at the Combine affect how I think about players in 2023 Dynasty. Again, we are back at it. We're going to have videos all week long. Uh, I plan on going through pretty much like this week's schedule is going to be me going through uh, the new prospect models that I built and then also showing you my top five. So pretty much what has changed in my model? How does the model work? And then what does it spit out with these guys and sort of what to look for so we're going to go through the top five at each position this week we have a lot planned i think we're going to do a rookie mock two, uh like a live stream we have a lot planned pretty much from here through like march madness and then another break um but a lot of really cool stuff going on as always if you enjoyed make sure you go down below subscribe leave a like and if you want access to my complete rs grade system library database all of that where you can look through all the 2023 prospects my year two comps my you know, everything that I am making on the back end, prospect model wise, 2023, rookie-wise, my rankings, my dynasty rankings, that is all on the Patreon. As always, Patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. Hope you guys enjoyed, and I will see y'all in the next one. Peace. I got the jokes. I got the jokes. Foolies glad I'm home, even my haters kinda glad I'm on Rest in peace to my vagabond Rap a song, singer, suspended, subpoena For misdemeanor